If you're struggling with motivation, stop beating yourself up. There's an easy fix. Hey, everybody, this is Gabe Kolstad with Westside Community Church, and I'm here with you for the midweek motivation episode of our Westside podcast. And this last weekend, we were watching and talking about the movie, The Bad Guys. We're in this series called Summer at the Movies at Westside. And uh, if you missed it, go back and listen on our podcast. But we we're really talking about, you know, is there hope for me to change? And that's a big question that we all have. Most of us, when we try to change and it doesn't work, we get down on ourselves and we criticize ourselves and we think we are losers and we're not sure what's wrong with us. But I have the key for you today. And the key for your motivation is this one word, imagination. If you're lacking in motivation, it's because you're not focused in your imagination. And so there's actually a really easy fix in order to adjust this motivation to get you back where you're feeling strong and you're feeling focused and you're feeling energized. And it's all about your imagination. So I want to talk to you about this uh, today. Now, back when I was a kid, I was eight years old, lived in Northern California in a little town called McDowell, California, up near the Oregon border. We lived there just for two years. My dad was a pastor of a church. And, um, it was a small church, you know, you're always trying to find people to help out with stuff. So he asked me if I wanted to mow the lawn on the riding lawnmower at eight years old. What do you think I said? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I hop on this riding lawnmower. You know, he was trying to make sure I didn't do any huge damage. So he was out there watching me for a little bit. Um, and I I was trying to figure out how to make the lines on the lawn look straight. I mean, I did, just a little confession, I did drive the riding lawnmower up onto the side of the building for a second. It was pretty scary, but there was this kind of sloped edge to the side of the building and the wheel caught on. I went up there for a second and I thought I was going to flip it over. My dad freaked out, but he let me keep going. He kind of adjusted my course. Anyways, I was trying to make those straight lines that you see in the lawn. And he taught me a lesson that day because what I was doing is I was looking down at the lawn and I was trying to measure, am I driving in the same path each time I go back and forth? And he said, that's the wrong way to do it. You have to focus instead on where you want to end up. He said, you got to look at the place way out in front of you that's straight and at the end of the last line you made and, and go toward that. And that's how you stay straight in those lines. And I, ever since that, that's been my practice. And if you come to my house after I mow the lawn today, you'll see pretty straight lines because I learned that lesson back then. And it's the same thing with your motivation. You know, you got to have your imagination set in order to to get your motivation going. And uh, so I want to I talk about that today. But the thing that is going to happen if you don't really take some time and pause right now, you might be in the middle of a busy season. You might be, you know, trying to figure out, hey, it's we're moving into summertime as I'm recording this. School just got out. Graduations just happened. And you might be going like, oh, man, we got to figure out all this stuff. And, you know, now the kids are home and you're just you're just in a mad pace. But if you don't pause right now and figure out why is it that your motivation has been lacking? Why is it that you you start off on these personal changes? Maybe you want to stop drinking. Maybe you want to, uh, you know, grow in your spiritual in your spiritual development. Maybe you want to make your marriage better. Maybe you want to learn a craft or whatever. But your motivation's not there. Um, what's missing is your clear imagination. If you don't get that set, you're just going to keep on in this diminishing motivation cycle that you're in. And you know what happens at the end of that. You've probably been there before. Your wheels can come off. I mean, your relationships could really suffer. You could be in a place of hurting your career. You could financially suffer because of it. You could be in that place where the gap between you and God is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. 
and your heart's getting a little harder and a little harder and harder. You don't want that to happen, and you don't have to have it happen. You've got to address your motivation. So I want to start this part off with a quote from Antoine du Saint-Exupéry, and it says this. It says, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up people together to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. Oh, man, I love that. The idea would be, you're sitting here going like, I got to get better at this craft, or I got to be more motivated for work, or I got to read my Bible more often. And you're focusing on the mechanics of the task and how good or bad you are at being perfect at it. You're making checklists, which maybe is helpful, but what you haven't done is look out at the end result, where you're going to end up, where you want to end up. You haven't gone, why would I even want to uh, grow as a person? And what would it look like if I did grow as a person? What, what would it look like if I did change and I did become the person that I want to be, that I know God wants me to be? What would that feel like? What would it be like? Could I visualize it? Could I imagine it? You know, Could I s- fast forward into that moment, maybe five years out or 10 years out, where the things that I'm hoping for had come true? And could I sit there in that moment for 10 minutes and start describing it? What does it feel like to have grandchildren that respect you? What does it feel like to have more money than you need in the bank and to be giving that away to people? What does that feel like? What does it feel like for people to look to you as a spiritual example? What does it feel like to be a marriage coach? I mean, there's ways you could start imagining your future and then that motivation, it's the endless immensity of the sea. You're like, I gotta get out there. You're gonna figure out how to build a boat if you long for the endless immensity of the sea. Well, uh, there are some passages of scripture that I think speak so clearly to this. And the first one is Romans chapter eight, verse 29. The apostle Paul in the New Testament of the Bible, he's, he's describing for you and me, what is that goal? You know, the end of the line of the lawn that you're mowing, like what's that other side look like? And he says this in Romans eight twenty nine. he says, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son, Jesus, would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. There's so much in there, but he's basically saying, you, God's known you since the beginning of time. And he knows that what he wants to do is to help you become like Jesus in character and and to be connected to Jesus in that way. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? Like to, to think about, well, what is Jesus like then? I mean, John chapter one, verse 14 said that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus, God in the flesh, dwelling among us back when he showed up as a baby. And it said he was full of grace and truth. I mean, think about those two words together. That's just one little part of the picture of what we're gonna become. Full of grace. I don't know if you feel full of grace all the time. What is grace? Grace is graciousness. Grace is tact. Grace is relational intelligence, emotional intelligence. Grace is that person you respect so much because when they're around people, they just have it, you know? And you're looking at yourself going, I ain't that. But God goes, oh, you're gonna be that because that's what I've designed you to become. And so if you could just imagine yourself in the position of like when you can take criticism without blowing up and and you know how to handle it and it does make you better, not bitter. And that's grace, you know? Grace is when somebody wrongs you and you're so full on the inside, you don't need to lash back. And so instead of something, you know, ugly and, and, and vengeance coming out, it's this beautiful act of love that comes out and forgiveness. That's grace. 
And you might look at yourself and go like, I could never be that. You could be that. You will be that if you'll submit to this process of going, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna look down at the ground. I'm gonna look at the end of the lawn <laughs> where I'm headed. It's grace. And it's gonna pull me forward to have that vision of what I could be in my family or in my relationships or at work. He was also full of truth. And you might be the kind of person that goes like, you know, I know I should have said this thing, but I just didn't have the courage to say it. And I should have stood up for myself or I should have said what was right in that situation. I should have corrected it, but I wasn't able to muster the strength. And sometimes you get ran over. Sometimes later on you regret things you, 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 know, you let slide because you didn't clarify something or you didn't believe something that you knew you should have believed and you didn't act on it. That's truth. And you know, to think about yourself becoming that person and then, and then live in that for a second. What would it be like if you were that strong rock of truth in, in your relationships and in your family and in your life and in your business? Not, you know, not, not unloving truth. Jesus says, or the Bible says, speak the truth in love, but that secure, stable, you know, solidness that comes from truth at your foundation. Yeah, you're going to become that. And so if you're lacking in motivation, it's because you haven't imagined what it would look like to become full of grace and truth. Another passage of scripture, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit, meaning God's presence with us, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, literally the promised presence of God that comes to everybody who believes in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And it says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control and all these wonderful things. You know what that is? That's just simply a depiction of Jesus Christ and his character. So when God says in Romans 8, 29, you're gonna become like my son in character. He's saying you're gonna become more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more patient, you know, all those things. And what would it look like for you? There's nine fruits of the spirit in Galatians chapter five. What would it look like for you to sit down and, and write that word and, and then just imagine what would it feel like if I became like Jesus in love, and in joy, and in peace, and all those things. And to realize you are on the way to that, and you are becoming more like that, and there is progress, but you're just, just stay focused on the end of the line, because there's coming a day when you're going you're gonna to look back and go like, wow, I can't believe the progress. And others are going to look at you and go, wow, you have really come a long way. In fact, they're going to want to follow you. They're going to want you to teach them. And that's exciting stuff. Well, there's one more, and it says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, I am convinced that God who has begun his good work in you will complete it. And I think sometimes our imagination is stunted because we're just not sure how committed God is to us. But let me just remind you what he did to start this relationship off. He sent his one and only son named Jesus Christ who died on the cross in our place to forgive us of our sin. He shed his blood as a payment for what we've done wrong. And he's invited us because of that into a relationship with our creator who is at work inside of us. He says he'll never leave us or forsake us. And so he's so committed to you that he's never gonna stop. He's never gonna stop that work. You feel it every day. And sometimes your motivation is so low because you forgot to imagine what it's gonna feel like to become more like Jesus in character. Well, I hope this has been encouraging to you. I hope it's helpful to think about what God could be working on in your life. 
And, um, and I just want you to know that we're here for you. In fact, I want to ask you to do two quick things today. And that is one, would you subscribe to this podcast and share it with somebody? Because everybody needs a little bit of hope and inspiration today, I think. And so we want you to subscribe and share. Secondly, would you stop by a service at Westside on the weekend? We have services every Sunday uh, at 10 and 11.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And you can join us right here on site in the Portland, Oregon area at our campus. Or you can even join us online at westsidecommunitychurch.com. We hope to see you very soon.